The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. Right, folks, big breaking news this morning. David Ornstein reporting that Michael Edwards, the sporting director of Liverpool Football Club, could well leave the club next summer. His contract is due to expire in 2022. And as things stand, Edwards has made the club aware of his intention to leave. Now, negotiations are ongoing and it may well be that a compromise is reached and he stays or he takes some time off and then comes back. But this is big news. This is one of the most important people at the club making a decision to leave. Now, Edwards came to the club under Damien Camoli shortly after Fenway Sports Group took over. And he has risen through the ranks. He has become the club's first sporting director. He's responsible for putting in place much of the structure that we see today working with Jurgen Klopp on transfers, working with the medical team, working with the recruitment staff, the financial staff, knitting it all together to make sure that the club runs efficiently and seamlessly. His departure is going to leave a big void. Now, Julian Ward was promoted to assistant director of football or assistant sporting director in December. James Pierce reported at the time that it wasn't a succession plan. They weren't putting Ward in place in case Edwards left. So it remains to be seen if Ward will just be promoted into this role or if somebody from outside will be brought in. Now, while it is big news and he is so important to the club, it is worth factoring in that the likes of Ian Graham and Will Spearman in the analytics department, they'll be staying. Fallows and Hunter in the recruitment and scouting department, they'll be staying. Julian Ward will be staying. So much of the structure remains in place. And that's why the structure is important. That's why you put it in place so that if one person leaves, it doesn't leave this massive power vacuum. Edwards has done a great job at decompartmentalizing, no, compartmentalizing, compartmentalizing Liverpool so that each department runs individually and then reports to him. Should he leave and Ward take over, the hope would be that everything continues to run much the same as it has. Where he would go, we don't know. Would he take some time out? Would he jump to another club? Has he finished his time in football? Will he move on to something else? He's a very intelligent guy. You'd imagine he'll have multiple offers on the table. There has been some reports in recent days, though I do think they originated from Indy Kayla, that Real Madrid would be interested in him. Would make sense. You look at a club like Liverpool, how they've built over the years, you might want to get the architect of that in. Especially if you're a club like Real, who, you know, financially not in the best position at the moment, regardless of bids for Mbappe, they are in trouble financially. They'll get bailed out one way or another, but 
it would make sense for them to appro- approach Edwards, bring him in, have him put in place a well-needed structure at that club where they can start running a bit more smoothly and stop relying on the fact that someone's going to bail them out, that they'll find 200 million here, 200 million there. But we'll wait and see. Hopefully it can be resolved and hopefully he'll stay. But if he doesn't, it won't be the end of the world. It w- it won't be the end of the club running the way it has run. It won't be the beginning of a collapse. We'll wait for Jurgen Klopp to, to go for that to happen. Um, At the weekend, obviously, Liverpool played Chelsea. 1-1 draw. Disappointing in terms of how the game panned out. I think we'd all agree, before the game, you probably would have taken 1-1. It's early in the season. Virgil's not back up to speed. They're the reigning champions of Europe, as they reminded Liverpool fans throughout the game. You would have taken a a 1-1 draw. But as the game played out, and as they spent the entire second half playing with 10 men, you would have hoped for better. You would have hoped for the victory. There were a number of issues with the Liverpool team, how they lined up. Largely, Jordan Henderson completely unable to play that left-sided role. As Ian Doyle said, he only began to influence the game when he drifted central. And the issue was when he drifted central, he was getting in the way. And he was out of position then when we lost the ball. Um, As bad as a left-sided midfielder as he was as a centre-back last year is the fairest way to describe it. And hopefully we don't see that again. It emphasised the need for a Ginny Wijnaldum replacement. The players we have, and Klopp has listed these midfielders over and over and over again, Naby Kate is the only one really suited to playing that left-sided role. And he's not a player we can rely on fitness-wise, as seen by the fact that in the third game of the season, he was rested. So that's one issue. The other issue, obviously, Firmino gets injured, goes off, Jota comes on. We then play over 50 minutes of the game and Jürgen doesn't make another attacking substitution. He brought on Thiago. He brought on Costa Simicus. He did not bring on Taki Minamino. He did not bring on Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, despite both of them sitting on the bench and Liverpool clearly needing a change up front. It emphasises, once again, the need for further investment in the attack. Bobby's form has not been what it was. The last two seasons have been a decline on what we saw previously. Obviously, Sadio had a very disappointing season by his standards last year. This was more of that. But unfortunately for Jürgen, he only has one Diogo Jota. So if Firmino and Mane are out of form, he can only leave one of them out of the team. Can't leave both of them out. Can't rest both of them. Because he doesn't trust the others. Doesn't trust Tacky enough to bring him on, even for seven minutes, when he was bringing on Costas. He could have brought on Tacky and changed things in a different way. He didn't. Divock Origi, not even deemed worthy of making the bench. You would like to think that in the next two days, or less than two days, as we have now, about 36 hours left in the window, that something will happen, but it doesn't look likely. It looks more likely that we'll sit on our hands again and miss an opportunity to strengthen while others do. 
Jumping around the different club websites, let's start with the Liverpool FC website. And the club have had to issue a statement. Following reports of offensive homophobic chanting by fans at Anfield, Liverpool Football Club has issued the following statement. Liverpool Football Club is disappointed by reports that a small section of our supporters were heard singing offensive songs during Saturday's fixture with Chelsea at Anfield. The club strongly condemns these actions and will be investigating all reported allegations of abusive and or discriminatory behaviour with the relevant authorities to identify perpetrators. Liverpool Football Club is committed to tackling abusive and discriminatory behaviour which has no place in football or society. As part of its Reds Together campaign, which encompasses all the work, all the club's work on equality, diversity and inclusion, Liverpool Football Club strives to be at the forefront of the fight against all forms of discrimination, both online and in stadium, to create an inclusive environment for all. The club would like to remind its fans of its code of conduct, which clearly outlines what it expects from all supporters visiting Anfield. Incidents of abuse or discrimination, either online or in person, can be reported to the club at www.liverpoolfc.com forward slash report abuse. Reports can also be made to Merseyside Police via their website, their Twitter account, or by calling 101. This is the second time in three games that the club have had to issue a statement like this after the same chance were aimed at Billy Gilmore during the Norwich game. Jurgen Klopp sat down for discussion about this, went out of his way to explain why it's not acceptable. And yet a small, and it is a small number of absolute morons Drag the club through the mud once again. If you're at the game and you hear somebody chanting these things, tell them to stop. Open your mouth and tell them to stop. It's unacceptable. It tars everybody with the same brush. And even if you were at Anfield and weren't chanting these things, You are now included in this. You are now been dragged into this. Your name has been tarnished with this. So just remember, you can do something. You don't have to just sit there with your mouth closed and think, well, I'm not joining in, so I'm doing my part in being inclusive. Tell these people they're not welcome. Make it clear they're not welcome. We're not like that. Leave that to other clubs. Liverpool.com couple of pieces here. Liverpool must move for ideal Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappe alternative to take the next evolution. And who is that ideal alternative? Jonathan David of Lille, a player who's nothing like either of those players. Uh, Those players, of course, being nothing like each other. Jonathan David, who has previously said he does not like Liverpool Football Club, Scorer of 13 goals last season, a good player, but certainly not an alternative to Mbappe or Haaland. If you are looking for an Mbappe or Haaland and you end up with a Jonathan David, you probably need to be fired from what you're doing. They've also got a piece here 
Liverpool have Naby Keita and Thiago Alcantara question as Jordan Henderson change, change needs perfecting. Uh, no, the Jordan Henderson change does not need perfecting. It needs binning because he can't play that role just like he couldn't play centre-back last season. It needs to be scrapped. If he's going to play, he needs to play as the right-sided number eight because he can't play the left-sided role. The left-sided role is vastly different to the right-sided role. It's far more defensive, far more off-ball. And Henderson's performance on Saturday showed very clearly that he cannot play that role. This is Anfield. A um, couple of pieces on the game. A couple of pieces on Michael Edwards. And a piece about no signings being expected in the final two days of the transfer window. I believe that comes from a report from one James Pierce. Interesting to see with the Ornstein story about Edwards that none of the local reporters had it. That Edwards, that, that Ornstein rather being London based has once again gotten the story first. Just like the Henderson story. He had it first, both times. Now, Liverpool have an office in London. They might want to check that office and see where the leak is. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, we have no new articles at the moment, but I'm sure Stephen Smith will have something for us by tomorrow. If not, we'll be having words. Um, we do have a plethora of podcasts up though there is a new Liver Birds podcast uh, supporting the spine Gay, Randy and Amy Kate have a have the new podcast up talking about Chelsea and a few bits of you know Cristiano stuff and FSG stuff it's a good podcast a good listen on Pro we have the latest edition of Raw which you're going to get to hear at the end of this podcast uh, Trev Downey's Ode to Tommy Left Ear Tuchel. And we have a new episode of Rate Don't Hate with Tadiwa, Hannah and Guy. So make sure you give that one a listen as well. Nothing much from the local journalists. Um, James Pierce has a, a piece up about the need for somebody in attack. Ian Doyle has a piece about the issues that arose from Saturday's game. Um, a bit of a focus on Harvey Elliott and Naby Keita. Paul Joyce has his own version of the Michael Edwards story up as well. All worth checking out. All worth giving a quick read to. That is basically it for today, folks. Uh, would have been a very quiet day if not for the Michael Edwards news. But as I said, hopefully we can show the continuity that we've been planning for with any departure, Barry Jürgen. Now, there's probably a contingency plan if Jürgen does leave, but there's only one Jürgen. You're not finding another one of them. Hopefully, the Edwards thing doesn't cause too much turmoil, doesn't cause any kind of instability, because um, as things stand, our season is balanced on a nice knife edge. We are We are very much keeping our fingers crossed that we don't suffer any major injuries, uh, in particular to one Mo Salah, and one Virgil van Dijk. But other than that, you know, things are good. We're seven points from three games. We're right up in the mix at the top of the table. We've looked better than most other clubs. And uh, we've got an international break to worry about now. So that should be fun. Keep listening for Post Match Raw. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Enjoying this podcast? 
then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Mulby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. Hello and welcome to your post-match Raw on AI Pro, podcasting to you as always from a field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Denny and joining me to give their reactions to Liverpool 1, Chelsea 1 in the Premier League from Anfield are Dave Hendrick and Harry Sethi. Dave, there's lots of places for us to go on this. Um, lots of places for us to go. Uh, in the immediate aftermath, it's hard to be uh, much other than annoyed. But I think we'll be able to find some positives too. Um, what's your feeling now about 15 minutes after uh, the final whistle there? Still annoyed. Um, I knew as soon as I saw the team that we were going to be unbalanced in midfield. The first half, we were very, very poor. We were very lucky to go in 1-1, but we got a big advantage in that Reese James had been sent off. We were looking for Klopp to do something for the second half and really press home that man advantage. Did absolutely nothing. Left it far too late to make the changes. Changing your left back when you're playing against 10 men at home trying to win a game is a bizarre decision when you could do with another attacker on. And you've got a midfield player who looks exhausted in Harvey Elliott. Uh, I think Klopp got it badly wrong today. I think Tuchel got his tactics spot on. They frustrated us. They didn't really give us anything. And we didn't have enough intelligence in midfield, enough nous in midfield to gain control of that game. And when our midfield is off, it throws everything else off as well. And uh, there's one big reason our midfield was off, and we'll get into it, but... Fair to say, um, not the best afternoon for Jurgen or, or his captain. Yeah, um, there are plenty of people who could also find themselves in crosshairs if we're examining bad performances, um, sadly. Um, but to sort of swing it around a bit, Harry, I mean, you know, like I said, we will also be able to find crumbs of comfort. The fact that the aforementioned Harvey Elliott um, looked to the manner born to be honest, um, is certainly one good thing. I thought, again, we could take solace from the sight of Virgil and um, Joel together. Um, but it's pressure. It's slim pickings after that, man. It's slim pickings after that. And by the way, we should say, fantastic to have you back in the loop again after a while away. Uh, it's good to talk to you again, brother. What did you think of those couple of observations there? Yeah, it's weird. It's 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 completely about the context that we're talking uh, that we're talking together about. Because I think if you if ahead of the game you were offered a a draw, not necessarily one one, but you, if you were offered a draw, I think you could sort of have wrapped your mind around it a little bit. And it's early in the season. I mean, I, I I'd been quite annoyed by a lot of the punditry um, going into this season and going into this game in particular because 
I thought there was a hell of a lot of disrespect coming kind of the way of of Liverpool and sure they haven't strengthened in the way in which I think all of us would have hoped that they would in terms of some additions to the squad um, it could still happen but very unlikely to happen let's face it um, and sort of the way in which our rivals have strengthened but early on in the season everyone's back looked to be playing you know, fairly well in a good rhythm about the self of course players coming back from sort of long spells out with injury um, coming back from late appearances in European tournaments things like that but all in all, sort of going into the game, I was I was feeling fairly bullish. Um, post ninety minutes, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with Dave actually that um, I was very impressed uh, by uh, Thomas Tuchel uh, and, and what he did with the side. I thought that um, for the first half, Chelsea um, were the more threatening side um, when they got uh, sort of chances to uh, to counter on us. Thought Havertz and Mount were fantastic um, in in that first half. Um, Lukaku not altogether um, as impressive as you know he was against Arsenal, but then again, you know Arsenal. It's uh, as we saw earlier in the day. It's um it's it's open season uh, when it comes to Arsenal at the moment. But um, yeah, certainly after the red card, I, I, I was disappointed um, in the in the lack of ideas that we we saw from the side. And and, and Dave's right to to highlight midfield because I think it's it's in games like this where you it really puts the spotlight on midfield and, and and the creativity you have in there the ingenuity that you have in that midfield and it was lacking today but trev i mean to talk about positive just briefly uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll go into it in more but um yeah outstanding from harvey elliott yes he tired towards the end but to be given that trust to start in a game like this and to to take that opportunity with the confidence that he showed as we've seen so far um and to be honest, looking actually one of our brightest players in, in plenty of moments throughout the game, um, yeah, I thought that was really that was really encouraging, um, as well as a couple of, a couple of other positives as well. But yeah, at the end, um, yeah, feeling feeling frustrated because the opportunity was there for us to to really land a blow on Chelsea, and um, in the end, I think uh, you could tell by the way they were celebrating, right? They uh, they won in that sort of a tactical battle. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, the 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 contrast and reactions after the game is remarkable. There are a few strange things that happen in the game. There are a few strange things that happen overall. Dave, you put your finger on a couple of things there. Harry, you have too. Even the quietness, the comparative quietness of the Anfield crowd when you know we're all back together again. Uh, you know uh, when Chelsea were being frustrating. The fact that they were able to do it, you've both given kudos to Tommy Tuchel um, and his uh, left ear. Have you? Do you remember Lisa Left Eye Lopez? We do, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah well, well now Tommy Left Ear Tuchel. Tommy left ear Tuchel. It's a tremendous He thing. didn't have the bottle of water there today. I was disappointed by the lack of Fiji water that was on display. Yeah, yeah, it's poor, poor boy. But he is <laughs> clearly trying to morph into in the club with the ball cap and yeah. everything there as well. Uh, look, I mean, we, we, we'll just stick to our formula because I can see this going off in tangents uh, without me encouraging them. Um, Harry, let me stay with you real quickly to talk about um, to talk about the Liverpool team. And then I'll go to Dave to talk about Chelsea and back to you again for the same. Um and Dave, I'm going to give you a chance to pipe up on Liverpool too, because I know you probably have, um, judging by what you said earlier on, at least one point you want to make about selection. Um, with Robbo back, uh, Harry, I suppose the back four selected itself. Mm. Um, if your captain is fit and available, 
you would imagine that the captain plays, so probably not a surprise for anyone to see Jordan starting. Um, Fabinho uh, came back and, you know, let's be honest, wasn't quite at it today in the way that we know he can be. Um, still obviously struggling a bit. Um Perfectly understandable given the situation he's in, and Harvey Elliott with the su- surprise uh, choice um, in that midfield. Uh, Bobby Firmino getting the nod ahead of Jota will have raised an eyebrow or two as well. But you know, um, what struck me and what made me give me a sense of comfort, which didn't pan out actually, was the strength that we were able to see on that bench. Um, whatever you think of that 11. Um, Dave mentioned earlier on there was options available that weren't taken by the manager um, but those options were good for the first time in a while what did you make of it the idea of dropping Naby Keita seemed a bit harsh to me that would be the obvious one that I'd start off with what was your take on the Liverpool uh, selection yeah and no, I, th- I think the biggest surprise was certainly yeah probably the inclusion of Elliot in a game of this magnitude um, certainly, certainly when you look at Chelsea's midfield right and you and you understand that that's a it's an area of strength for them. Um, you only have to look at the um, some of the European awards that have been dished out over the past couple of days. Um, and yeah, we can argue about sort of how how well deserved they are. But I think you know we, we could all say Kante and Jorginho are coming off pretty um, phenomenal sort of um, eighteen month uh, sort of stretches in terms of personal performance. Um, no slouches whatsoever. Um, and yeah, from the Liverpool's perspective, yeah, Harvey Elliott was a surprise. Um, Naby Keita. I was I was speaking to to Gags actually ahead of the game about it. I was surprised um, that, that 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 decision had been made, but Gags was trying to legislate it through. I think it was an international break or something like that. Again, I'm I'm still a little bit um, unsatisfied with that um, sort of explanation, to be honest. Um, also, I think if you look at the reasons why, let's say Tiago doesn't start, comes back late, still you know midway through maybe his preseason routine, not fully sharp just yet. Um, I think we can probably come on to talk about how you could probably easily level that exact same sort of criticism um, Henderson's way as well because he did come back later and it, it was he coming back from an injury as well and didn't look fully sharp either. But um, Robbo coming in for for Simicass, yeah, felt a little bit harsh considering how Simicass had played and uh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear both of your opinion on on Robbo's performance. To be honest, um, other than that, wasn't too many surprises. Bobby coming back in was a choice that could have been made. Jota, you know, started the season on fire with those two goals. Um, but I can legislate it when you say mm, Jota coming off the bench as an impact option is that better than a Firmino coming off the bench? I, I'd say it is. Um, having said that, again, I'm 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 somebody about meritocracy. If a player scored two in the opening two games. Um, I'm probably going to start him because he's you know, he's full of confidence and he's a he's a threat. But um, yeah, I could sort of understand that change. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I read something before the game, Chad, that it was the first time Ali, Trent, Joel, uh, Virgil, and Andy had played together um, uh, for the first time. I think it was October 2019, apparently, which is just wow. just shows you how crazy it is. And um, the one thing I would say, I don't think we'll probably, probably won't dwell on it, but um, yeah, it's just great to have Joel next to Van Dyke, to be honest, because they really do look like the Rolls Royce pair when they're fully fit, to be honest. Um, and that was great. But uh, yeah, not uh, the obvious surprise for me was was Elliot. But actually, to be honest, coming away from the game, um, he's not the player that I'd single out for. Um, you know, his performance not being up to scratch. 
Yeah, 100%. I'll settle that issue for you really quickly, <laughs> Harry, about uh, Andy Robbo and his performance. I would say that like Sadio Mane um, and yes, several others, yeah. he was basically uh, quite poo, um, if we're being perfectly honest. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, there are extenuating circumstances for a lot of these bad performances. But it doesn't make it any less frustrating. And and um, Dave, I know you'd probably want to jump in on the uh, certainly on the midfield selection. And judging by uh, a couple of the intimations I was getting from you earlier on, what 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 was your take on the uh, the Liverpool eleven? Well, the entire left side played terribly. Um, Sadio looked like Sadio from last season. Robbo looked like a lad who wasn't fit, and Jordan Henderson was absolutely appalling for each and every of the 70 minutes he was on the pitch. If you're going to play Harvey Elliott and Fabinho is in the team, Jordan Henderson cannot be the third midfielder because the right side of our, our two number eights play very different roles. That right-sided role is an on-ball attacking role. The left-sided role is an off-ball defensive role. It's probably the most complex role in our system. It's the one that takes the most in-game intelligence. It's why very few players can play it. It's why it was Ginny Wijnaldum's position. And the only other ones that have played the role and looked good in that role under Jurgen Klopp have been Naby Keita at times and Thiago. But it's a waste really of both of them if we're asking them to constrain themselves on the ball. What was the overall thought of Naby after the first two games? Played well, quiet and efficient. We know he can do more, Hmm. right? But they're all very, very intelligent players. You take a fella who's not an intelligent player, has zero positional sense, zero spatial awareness, and is without question the most one-footed professional footballer I've ever seen. Jordan Henderson's left foot is is an abomination. He should be ashamed of it. N'Golo Kante pressed him in the first half, and he shot himself. He got played in by Trent into a perfect position, and his attempt on goal was embarrassing. He had no idea where he was meant to be. He constantly went and played in the, either the centre or out on the right, got in people's way, left massive gaps. And if you noticed in the first half, they just kept playing the ball into Kai Havertz, who was dropping into a massive goal for space because Jordan Henderson was gone walkabout, yeah. demanding the ball so he could give it back to somebody else five yards away from himself. His performance affected Robertson because Robertson ended up having to defend two people because Henderson wasn't there to help. Reese James and Havertz were in on Robertson constantly in the first half. Sadio, I, I, I don't know what to make of Sadio. I mean, he looked pretty good in the last game, but he looked awful in this game. I, I just don't know what's going on there. But if Harvey's going to play, Henderson can't play, because he can't play that left-sided role. And the problem Liverpool have now, and the reason... like. We hear Jürgen, Jürgen say, oh, like I've got all these midfielders. I've got this guy. I've got that guy. You've got two guys that can play Ginny's role. And it's kind of a waste of both of them. Oh, and both of them are also injury prone. That was the other big, big thing Ginny brought to our team, is that he was just always there. He was the one reliable piece in midfield because Fab would miss games and all the other midfield players are injury prone. So I, as soon as I saw the team, I thought, we're going to have trouble in midfield today. And we did. Our midfield, we got outplayed by a two-man midfield in the first half. Yeah, and we do, we do we do have to lean into the fact, Dave, that um, if, if the captain's going to be off form, 
you'd really want Fab to be able to step step up and do it, and he he didn't. Uh, so it, it's a combination. But so he was it? getting shoved out of position, Trev. What do you want him to do? Every time he tried to pick the ball up, Henderson stood two yards in front of him, demanding the ball to feet. Henderson wouldn't hold his left-sided position, kept ambling across and getting in the way, blocking off passing lanes, and then hiding from the ball when he didn't want to receive it on his left foot. There's only so much other players can do to carry someone playing that badly. And it's yeah. not Fabinho's fault that he was that crap. It was notable that when he went off, Fabinho became far more Fabinho-esque in the last 20 minutes, even though yeah. he was knackered from carrying yeah. Henderson's water in the first 70. Yeah, that's true. I, the, the, the clear thing that, I mean, that was obvious to everybody who had the eyes to see it was that one of the things you worry about um, with Jordan being off form is him running around like a blue arse fly and as you say actually being counterproductive rather than uh, productive with his energy and that discipline that you point out is needed to play that position uh, was sadly absent um, for sure um, you know I'll stick with you Dave to talk briefly about the Chelsea side because they're an interesting lot. You know, they are, I think, officially favourites for um, the title, um, mm. which is possibly a stretch to, for me. But it shows yeah. you how how, right, how highly rated Tuchel is and that squad of footballers that um, Chelsea have uh, put together. <clears throat> um, they went with Mendy, who, let's be honest, is a class of a monster uh, in uh, between the posts uh, and was wonderful for them today. Um, you can't ter- kick, though. That's true. He can't kick <laughs> that, off the ground. It's really, true. really weird. Maybe he's did, too tall or something. I don't know. He just can't kick off the ground. Wasn't it frustrating that, you know, high press and all as we did, we didn't really high press because the ball kept getting funneled back to him and he should have been right under it because he he does have dodgy feet. You're right. Um, but anyway, they went with uh, a back three of Azpilicueta, Christensen, uh, sorry, uh, Christensen, Rudiger. Um, they have Azpilicueta and James. Uh, they have Kante, Jorginho, Alonso was obviously on the other flank, Havertz, Lukaku and Mount. Um, you know, it's a it's a, a, an impressive team uh, full of very, very good footballers. On the bench, they had Chilwell. Um, interesting that Alonso is... is uh, I thought he was very good today, very effective. Interesting, he's keeping keeping him out. Um, Chalabak came on. Thiago Silva is there. Kovacic came on and did well. Loftus-Cheek is there. Hudson-Odoi, Ziyech, who was a Liverpool target at one point. And obviously Timo Werner, again, that's a very freaking impressive bench. They've got a lot going on for them. You mentioned, and Harry mentioned, the discipline um, that that guy has instilled. He won European Coach of the Year, apparently, during the week there um, for yeah. their their exploits. You know, I often have a have the crack about Tommy, but you cannot, you cannot say that he's not very good at what he does. And now he has a real prize group of excellent footballers to operate in his organisation and structure. They're intimidating, Dave. They are. I mean, the thing is, you look at their their defenders and not one of them would get in our team. Like, not one of them would, ha- would have a look in for our team. And they're all like they're all individually good defenders. Um, Alonso's, you know, a really good attacking player, not, not great defensively, but their their system is the star defensively. Like, we have the best individual defenders in the league. They have the best defensive system in the league. It, there's no holes in it. Like we, we just couldn't find a way through. Even when they had the eleven men, the 
the red card and that we'll get to it comes from just a, an individual error rather than a system flaw. Defensively, they're just phenomenally good. And it doesn't seem to matter to them who the personnel is. They're just all so well drilled, so regimented, so disciplined, so sharp and aware. Like there's no there's no real lapses in them. Like before with Rudiger under even under Conte, but under Frank in particular, you'd watch him play and he'd be really good for like eighty eight minutes, and then he'd do something silly. And Christensen had been the same. But under under Thomas Tuchel, there's there's just no let up with them. Like they're just on it all the time. Now they talk well between themselves. There's no real barker in there unless Silva's playing. But you know, Aspilicueta is a, a a little chatterbox, and and Christensen talks a fair bit. I I was like you. I was wondering why we weren't pressing the keeper when the ball got funneled back, and why weren't we pressing the keeper? And the only thing I could think of was. Maybe we knew, like, he's not very good at kicking the ball. He's probably going to kick it back to us. Let's conserve our energy because it's going to be a long day. Um, I, I'm just, I'm glad that they had to make the substitutions they did and that they couldn't bring on Werner late on because I kind of felt like if they could have brought him on for Mount and just humped it up to Lukaku and let Werner run off and we could have been in a little bit of trouble mm, because even yeah. once or twice they did get behind us that way. But they're... Again, their their system is the star. Like their their players individually are all good players. They've got some really really good players. The boys are starting the midfield. I like James Chilwell not starting is an odd one, but Alonso did play well and has been playing well. But the one thing I felt they were lacking when I saw their team was just that extra little bit of pace up front, someone that could get in behind us. And I did wonder if maybe he'd start Werner over either Mount or or, or Kai Havertz. Um, I'm glad he didn't because I think that little bit of extra pace could have hurt us a couple of times because we were a little bit open in that first half and Lukaku made a couple of good runs and if the ball had been a bit better to him um, it could have been trouble but all things considered I, I, I don't think they're quite title winners yet if they add Jules Kunde at the back I think that will give them a, a, a big boost um, and it's another like really high end defender for them to kind of build on but they are going to be a problem all season like they're just going to grind teams down that's yeah. what they'll do they'll grind teams down. and they've got goals from a lot of places as well you could probably say a very similar sentence about Liverpool with the in the absence of that um, you know um, midfielder we spoke about earlier on who can come in and, and you know fill those magical Ginny minutes that we spoke about before Harry you'll have looked ahead to this and unusually for me I didn't catch any um, of my usual shows ahead of this game so I don't I have no idea what was talked about um, between you and your guests in advance of this (laughs) one Um, so do fill us in I mean having looked ahead to this um, was it pretty much as you and your guest had envisaged the way that Chelsea lined up or were there any uh, Tommy surprises on the day? The main one was probably what you've mentioned there around um, Alonso getting a run still uh, because I think uh, he, the, my guest was... Um, yeah, he's the he's the chief Chelsea writer for um, Football London. He's, he's, a good, he's a good guy, actually, um, Sam Incasol. And um, he was... Um, First of all, he was good because he was uh, he 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 agreed with us that he was surprised that people seemed to be writing off uh, Liverpool's um, 
chances for the season, given the sort of the the steadiness of the squad, the, people, the fact that people were back as well. Um, he, he thought that was very premature, um, but he he did expect Chilwell to come in for for Alonso as perhaps the slightly more defensively solid um, option. And I, I don't think Chilwell's um, concrete. You know, he's he's not an amazing defensive left back, but he's he's probably a little bit better than. Um, Alonso gives you, but I think Alonso has been playing well. Uh, can say, yeah, but that was fully expected and dreaded. Um, and yeah, Timo, I, I, I tried I try to make the case for Timo because actually similar to what Dave's saying there, I actually said that um, for me, when I saw the signing of Lukaku, I thought this could be a second opportunity for Timo Werner because I think he could be a real menace playing um, playing off of Lukaku's scraps, really. Not not entirely in the same way as Latoro. Uh, Martinez did for Inter Milan, but still in a very effective way. And he's got that extra pace. Um, and I thought maybe even the VAR changes this year could help could help Timo because he was <laughs> pretty much offside every single try, um, time he tried last season. So I, I thought he'd get <laughs> yeah. the benefit of the doubt this time around. But um, yeah, it's still a case of finding Timo. He's, he's he's not to be he's not to be seen in the starting lineup. It seems Mountain Havertz are are the first choice options. And I thought you know you could see from. The first half, right? You know, they they probably warrant it at the minute. They were excellent, um, but yeah, not not much more from me on on, on Chelsea. Um, I think they're a formidable outfit. I think they are probably six, maybe six or ten months away from being title contenders in terms of. I, I'm st- I still think that there's probably the scary aspect. I think there's still quite a lot to come from this Chelsea side in terms of. You could see, obviously, Lukaku had the rust, the rust of somebody who's not played with these guys very much. So that will only improve. The link-up play will get better. He'll understand where teammates are going to be around him. They'll understand where he's going to be around them and the kind of service he wants. Because I thought today, um, I was a little bit worried that Virgil, it'd be a bit too soon for him to have to deal with, let's say, if it was Werner and Lukaku. didn't end up being that way. Um, but equally, I think we benefited from the fact that it was a little bit early um, in the Lukaku um, second coming as well, because there are a couple of occasions where, if these players were a bit more familiar with the movement that he was he was going to give uh, and, and sort of the types of passes he wanted, I think we could have been in more trouble in that first half. But yeah, I mean they're 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 a formidable side. Trev um, pains me to say you know, a lot of depth everywhere, to be honest, and. Dave's right. I mean, the the defenders, they're not... I, I wouldn't swap any of them for our defenders, but uh, the system is just um, so good at making them... Um, not covering all their weaknesses um, and, and emphasizing their strengths that, yeah, you can see, even with 10 men today, they're able to do, yeah, that typical Chelsea cynicism um, that we've seen over so many years um, and probably it led by Jorginho. It doesn't matter who the manager is with that, does it? Like, it's just no, something that's ingrained in their club since the Mourinho days. I think so. I think you're right. Because I remember when, when Mourinho was there, I always used to think about Chelsea, that they they just they physically battered you for about 20, 30 minutes. Um, and then fell over for the rest. Yeah, <laughs> fell over for the rest. Um, but, <laughs> but after about half an hour, like most teams were usually crushed under that, that, those prime Mourinho teams. And they crushed your spirit. And then they just, yeah, then the attacking players could have a little bit more license. Whereas... This team, yeah, Jorginho, Kante, all of them. Just um, uh, we, we should say though, Trevor, and this is the last tangent I'll go on. They were helped um, by it being refereed in the way in which they would like. Um, mm. That's all I would say. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a ref watch now, Trevor. <laughs> an overview of, of today's. Do we have a jingle? Do we have a jingle hey, for ref watch? 
We should have a jingle. We need to get a sponsor. We need to get Ref Watch sponsored by, like, I don't know, someone's Oracle Cloud. Yeah, the stats. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, you boys were probably way too young, but there used to be a feature in all the soccer, football magazines I used to get called "You Are the Ref." Do you remember these things? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There were little cartoon bit so it it, it put it put you in a situation it, it play it out in a couple of cartoon frames and then you had to make the call and the answer would be later on in the comic at the back of the whatever so interesting enough i was watching this today and that kept coming into my head because there were times when it felt as if anthony taylor had won some sort of competition in you are the ref maybe he had entered it several times won eight in a row and they said we'll, we'll give you a premier league match because honestly this new thing that has become very much part of the um current parlance in in in, in football about letting the game flow it's not difficult to do that, but most referees are making an absolute balls of it. And that's not me saying that with, with red tinted glasses. Today Anthony Taylor let the game flow for Chelsea. It was incredibly one-eyed as a performance. I, 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 I won't bow to anyone on that. It was incredibly biased performance. There's no two ways about it. He is patently awful. But I think these lads look under pressure. Mike Dean looked under pressure with this new uh, directive. Taylor looked hopeless with this new directive. But he did manage to absolutely weight it in favour of Chelsea, people will say, oh, but, you know, you got that decision with the penalty and all the rest of it. I couldn't believe the guff that was being talked at halftime about that. That's a clear decision. There is nothing to be done. He couldn't make it. He had to have be directed to VAR. And when you're shown those images, unless you don't understand the rules of the game, which, let's be honest, Anthony Taylor might fall into that category, you make the decision that was made. There's no controversy at all. Sky talked endlessly, incessantly about the controversial penalty decision and talked about how wonderful Chelsea were for the entirety of that match. Only. See, the issue with the penalty is, is Reese James. So it hits his leg and it hits his arm. And if that's all that happens and the ball doesn't go in, that's fine. He's a like, it's the sweep of his arm after he makes contact with the ball. And as the referee walked over to see the thing, all he can see is Reese James like forearm driving through the ball. Like, like what's he meant to do? He has to referee by the rules of the game. Like, I just put Anthony Taylor's name into Google quickly, um, and the first headline I see is. Reese James red card, Anthony Taylor clown show at Anfield. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, so this story is 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 saying that it, it's a daft. Oh my god, the irony of this! Like so, all the shit decisions that Taylor made, and they're saying the clown show decision was actually sending him off. For those who wondered whether Anthony Taylor has it in himself to stop becoming a beacon of attention in every Chelsea match he referees. Today's match against Liverpool showed that he will not leave the stage no matter what. In a defensive scramble in Chelsea's penalty box, Rhys James manages a goal-line clearance with his thigh. However, Liverpool and the referee saw the defender's attempt and reaction as a handball to deny a clear goal-scoring opportunity. The latter convinced of it after one second. And so chaos ensued. 
Reese got a red card. Mendy and Rudiger received yellows for the send. And Liverpool, and a one one to Liverpool. This, this is, a, it may well be, I think it is, it's the Chelsea page on SB Nation or something maybe. But they're basically claiming that he's a bad referee against them. That guy gave them everything today. Like, that is literally the only decision that went in our favour. And in fairness, he couldn't do anything about it. Like, he had to give a penalty. He had to send him up. I wasn't sure on the red card, I will admit, immediately afterwards, because I didn't see the big sweep of his arm through it. Yeah. I don't know what I was looking at, but I didn't just didn't see the big kind of forearm sweep through the ball. Um, he, he had to give a red card. He had it's to. A, there was no other decision. It's 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 so it's so straightforward. Uh, I, I it it's just it's obviously you know why people are doing things and writing things because they have their own one eye view of things, but. It's remarkable. Let's get straight into the match details, Dave, because we'll end up circling back to this, no doubt. <clears throat> uh, there is an early Harvey Elliott cross in the early moments. Um, very good early Virgil van Dijk header against Lukaku as well, which was uh, cheered by the Anfield crowd, who were very you know, buoyant at that early stage. On three minutes, there was a chance where Harvey plays 1-2 with Mo Salah. Dragged a shot narrowly wide uh, across the face of goal from about 12, 15 yards. And uh, you're thinking, okay, this this looks good. Um, Fabinho was in pretty uh, well and hard on Havertz. They were looking for a card for it. Nothing happened because for once, Anthony Taylor, right in the early game, uh, part of the game, let the game flow in terms of Liverpool. They never shut up. Uh, Tyler and his, uh, or, sorry, not Tyler, um, Neville and his pal who was on commentary duties. It could have been Guy Havard, I'm not sure. Um, talking incessantly about how lucky Fabinho was from the early minutes not to get a yellow card. Just couldn't shut up about it. Um, there was then a Joel went in late on Mason Mount, a free kick on the left, a dangerous cross uh, came in, um, very good tackle by Sadio Mane, which led to a corner. Um, on nine minutes, um, that left foot you were talking about, Blunt, the captain comes into uh, sharp focus um, because there's a glorious Trent Alexander-Arnold ball from the Trent Alexander-Arnold zone um, over the top of the fence, dropping straight onto Jordan's left foot. And what he does with the instep of his left foot is neither shot nor cross. Uh, it was a frustrating moment, I won't lie to you. And, you know, it's an interesting point you made about the technical ability that he has with that peg. Some people are very one-footed and they manage to get away with it, but you know, it's when it's exposed like that, uh, it's it's kind of painful to watch. And I'm just going to take you up to 15 minutes. You can come back to it if you want. There was a chance on 10. Virgil has a header from a free kick uh, on the right-hand side, but it's well off target. He dropped. Virgil did at that point, and you could hear the sort of silence yeah. mm. in the stadium. The, the, was... the deathly silence. That oh, went Christ. The oh, Christ. Oh, Christ. I was in the horrors. <laughs> uh, and then on 15 minutes, there was a decent Robo cross into Mo Salah, led to a corner. Nothing came from that. We're uh, about five or six minutes away from the uh, opening goal for Havertz. Uh, and I'm going to go to Harry to talk about that in a second. But between where I left off on 15 and the goal, uh, Anthony has a good old bollocking uh, for the captain. He has a good old bollocking for Trent. 
Um, he's letting it flow in Chelsea's favour, and it's getting a bit edgy. You can hear the anxiety in the crowd. That opening 20-odd minutes up, leading up to the goal, Dave, I mean, uh, it, it, I'd like to say the, the, a pattern was set. And I, I, I'm, I know, for example, that the stats on the match, if you just looked at them, you know, 66% of the ball, uh, uh, we had uh, in attack, in, from attacking point of view, 23 shots to their six, uh, eight on target to their three. Um, these are the kind of big stats that you look at to see who has been dominant. The passing as well. I think we we had played some 684 passes to their 370. All of these figures show a side that uh, was in control of a, of a match. And that's not really fair. In the opening 20 minutes, as throughout the game, it was clear that they had the potential, Harry said this earlier on, to get in behind us. Uh, Kovacic could have scored at the death. They had chances. Lukaku could have scored at the death with 10 men. Um, I, I, it was There was a sort of a disjointed look to us from the start where, yeah, we have a threat, but yeah, there's a feckin' vulnerability because of maybe the ease with which they were able to pass through us from top to bottom. What do you think now opening 20 minutes? Yeah, I think we we were probably the more in control team but they were the more dangerous looking team mm. like every time they got the ball you kind of felt oh like this is that's quite easy for them to progress the ball whereas for us it was almost like a chore to get the ball into the right areas unless we saw things like that that Trent ball for Henderson that nice quick ball uh over over the top I, again I just think from the off our midfield just looked completely out of proportion like Harvey was doing what Harvey's there to do same thing he was doing against Burnley, but the rest of it wasn't working because Henderson was 15 yards too far in field. And then he kept randomly turning up on the edge of the box over on the right-hand sp- right hand side in that area that Mo is looking to run into when he makes that touchline to box sprint. The ball He picks the ball up, plays it back, and then either Harvey or Trent would push that ball into space for him to run onto. And... Henderson's just stood in the way and it was a constant flow of these things and it wasn't just him others were doing it as well just being in the wrong spot at the wrong time Bobby kept dropping a little bit too deep so when the ball was played into where Bobby was meant to be he wasn't there we just looked we looked looked, disjointed is the word you used and it's it's absolutely correct disjointed is exactly what we looked yeah that that does come down to the fact that we we couldn't we literally couldn't join our defense and our attack because the midfield was poor but as I said, they, we were the more in control team, but they did look more dangerous. Every time they got the ball, they just looked like they could make something happen. And I will say, like, Lukaku took one look at Virgil and promptly went and stood on Joel. <laughs> and he had a couple of decent moments against him in the first half. And then Joel was just sick of the bullshit and promptly put him in his pocket. But we should be thankful for that because... There was a couple of moments in the in the first half where Lukaku ran at Matip in that sort of inside left channel and the ball got stuck between his feet. If we see him do that on the other side where he's running in the inside right channel, he runs with the ball at the outside of his foot mm. and he gets far better control. He's quite a strange player. He's not a great dribbler. But going down the inside right channel, he's lethal. He's absolutely lethal. Once he saw Virgil, he just went and stood the other side of the pitch, and that helped us as well. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's very well observed. And um, 
Harry's just posted some quotes from Jurgen um, talking about Joel, and he says, I think it's probably natural. Everyone talks about Virgil van Dijk, but there's never enough talk about Joel Matip. He's an incredible defender. Um, and uh, on Bobby, just incidentally as well, there's a quote there from Jurgen talking about how uh, he was asked, was uh, Firmino okay? Not really, says Jurgen. Probably a muscle. I hope it's not too big. So that's... Uh, less than pleasant. Uh, Harry, the goal is where I'm going to pick it up with you um, because, you know, sort of, like we said, like Dave's established there, kind of against the run of play and certainly against in terms of the dominance of uh, the two sides, they went ahead on 21 minutes. Kai Havertz with uh, a header. Now, I think the corner that this that was given I think was a dodgy corner I'd like to see it again they were saying it came off the base of Trent's boot but it's pretty much drilled out um and most of the time I don't think they get given but anyway corner was given um mm. the ball came in Havertz moves towards it um sort of on the near post uh, area about you know eight yards out Gets ahead to it, um, Jimmy Hasselbank on Sky reckoned it wasn't deliberate. Um, it's hard to be definitive about that because it, he doesn't do the thing of having a look or whatever as such. He just gets his head to it. Um, but there's enough of a touch because Ali's taken a step to loop over him and into the back of the net. It was a sickener, Harry. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> probably a reminder because yeah I, I i'd agree with you that we were we were, we were the more assertive team in that opening i'm not sure necessarily i was a massive sort of golf and quality between the two teams but we were the more assertive um and yeah it, it did did sort of come against the run of play but a good delivery from the corner um it's weird with habits because he's such an intelligent player that i i could see him meaning it to be honest um and i thought if he if he did mean it in that sort of technique, I mean it's it's a wonderful header. Obviously, it's exactly where Allison can't get it. Um, he's come kind of slightly off his line, which is I think is his positioning is fine. Um, I, I have no issues with that really. I just think it's a, it's the execution of the of the header and and sort of the the pace on the on the delivery. It's a sickener, and probably a reminder of just the the depth of quality and and sort of the, the number of different ways in which Chelsea can score against you. As Dave mentioned there, the, 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 the goals in this Chelsea team come from all sort of different, uh, all sort of different uh, areas. And, you know, we talked about Liverpool and we've talked about Liverpool plenty of times in the, um, one of the things we love about this team when they're at their best, uh, certainly in the title winning season, is there are so many ways that we can hurt an, another team. Uh, and it looks as though Chelsea may have, have quite a few strings to their bow as well. Um, yeah, it felt felt very against the run of play. You could tell. I mean, you, you both mentioned the crowd. You could tell that was a real blow, um, and, and the crowd went very quiet. Not as quiet as when Virgil was down, to be honest. Uh, I think that's still yeah. st- st- still the biggest worry that gods can bleed. Um, but it was it was <laughs> it was tough. Um, yeah, it was it, it was tough to take, um, and you just wondered how we how we'd respond to that because. Um, yeah, the, the wind was in our sails. Anfield, you know, full voiced, etc. And um, yeah, Chelsea with the shape they have, with the discipline they have. We've talked about how well drilled, all this stuff about their defensive solidity, as we saw for the remainder of the game. Uh, yeah, then they could basically play exactly how perhaps they would want to at Anfield. You know, play on the counter, 
you've got a wonderful striker to hold the ball up, bring up, bring other people into play. So I did worry a little bit as to how we would react. Um, but I, yeah, I, I was pleased with the intensity um, of our response. If if not the quality, I, th- I thought we, we we tried to ratchet up ratchet up the intensity where we could. Um, and actually, the little bits of spice that got injected into the game by the refereeing performance that you mentioned on Ref Watch already. Um, very interesting interpretation of um, what was a foul for us and what was a foul for Jorginho um, and them. Um, and that got the crowd going, worked up, but going. And the, and the players seemed to um, enjoy that little bit of spice as well, which is probably what we saw right at the end of the first half, wasn't it? But um, yeah, I was worried about how, we, how we'd respond at that point, Trev. Yeah, 100%. And like... It, it... What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the rest of the incidents of the first half up to sure. the goal, start with you, and then go to Dave on the goal, because there's a lot to talk about here. Um, but, you know, you said, how would we respond? And we were wondering how we'd respond. And I think the answer in that period between um, their goal and our goal is in very much a mixed bag, because, you know, two minutes afterwards, Moll puts in a dangerous cross. That's 23 minutes led to a corner. A minute after that, Lukaku is on the break. Uh, it's halted by Joel Matip. Uh, and Ali came in and uh, claimed uh, a good uh, cross, I think, came in from Mount. Mm. Uh, there was a chance to cross for Jordan Henderson on 20 minutes, 27 minutes, excuse me. Um, great work by Harvey Elliott over on that side. And Henderson has a chance to look up and his cross is kind of hopeless and that one's on his good foot. Uh, great through uh, ball by Mo Salah to Sadio Mane on 31 minutes. That leads to a corner. Uh, another good ball in by Mo to Sadio on 32 minutes. Nothing comes of that. 34 minutes, Joel uh, had one of his early kind of difficult moments with Lukaku who kind of rolled him, played in Mason Mount who really should finish, but he pulls a shot across the face of goal from left to right. Um, Harvey Elliott has a chance at 35, kind of miscues a half volley on his weaker foot. Uh, Kante wipes Sadio out while running into him uh, as we are attacking. No foul, says Taylor. Doesn't even look at it. Nobody talks about it. Nobody in the commentary talks about it. Incredible. 41 minutes, Jota comes on for Bobby Firmino, who we've spoken about already, some sort of a Muscular knock, apparently. Um, we saw Mo Salah getting pulled back, and then because he had a little bit of a nibble to try and win the ball back, getting penalised. Free goes against Mo Salah. Um, there was a good break by Jota on 45 minutes. That led to a corner. 46 minutes, there were these multiple chances, and this is our uh, leading up to our goal instant because Sadio gets to a corner from the left, flashes a header across goal. Joel Matip does really good work to keep it alive at the back post. Um, when the ball breaks down, it's him on it. He hits the bar with a header. Um, the ball comes out. It's kind of pinball scenario. And Jota has an attempt from kind of point blank range uh, at a volley. And uh, this is the Reese James incident where it comes off his leg and then a deliberate motion of his hand. Uh, and eventually it goes to VAR and we see the red card and the penalty. There was unbelievable amounts of crying and whinging from Chelsea. Rudiger was given a yellow. I think uh, Mendy gets a yellow because um, of something that happens a few minutes later. Um, they were crying incessantly, Chelsea, and Taylor just has no control of that pitch. 
he's he has no dominance no sort of assertion at all in terms of being an authority figure and the whole thing looked as if it was going to be one of those things where i was worried harry it was going to be one of those things where there's so much bullshit going on and being allowed to go on by a lad who who can't who couldn't control uh, a, a, a group of toddlers playing at a crossroads that it was going to impact Mo Salah but he stepped up and he swept at home and it was 1-1 talk to me about the goal and the period leading up to that like I said just from the re- match report there there are lots of moments where we could have come undone yeah and I, I think it speaks to what I was saying earlier on right there are a few moments where we probably benefited in the end from the fact that that Chelsea attack is not yet gelled properly in terms of players being familiar exactly with, you know, the types of passes um, you know, Lukaku wants, the sort of movement that you, you, you're going to see from him at all times. I thought Matt was pretty unlucky with that chance you mentioned earlier on. Just probably, I think Lukaku was gesturing that he wanted it played to feet. Um, he tried to chip it in instead, so Allison came out. But yeah, you, you could see in those moments Chelsea were trying to. Get the second, um, threatening on the counter. Lukaku using his strength um, and dangerous in that a little bit. Um, that that Joel um, chance you mentioned where he rolled in. I think Joel was trying to do, you know, tr- what we've seen plenty of times from our defenders where they're really proactive, try and jump in at, before a striker gets to the ball and you know sort of intercept at that stage. But Lukaku got it, rolled him. Um, yeah, and it built up all the way to the goal. And uh, yeah, this is. It, delightfully sort of aspects of League One about it in terms of sort of the um the ricochets around the box. Um Joel, as you mentioned, unorthodox um in sort of the one two that he gave himself with <laughs> scuffing the ball up into the air only to meet <laughs> it again with a head, only to obviously not not score with the header. He doesn't do that. Um off the bar, um looking for the assist. And uh yeah, as as you mentioned, Reese James with the with the handball sort of the ball off his knee into his arm uh, my first impression was that's a handball by the letter of the law. Certainly this this season, that should be a penalty. Wasn't expecting the red, I have to admit. Um, wasn't expecting that. Perhaps I've not look, looked at the rules strongly enough, but your penalty was there. And yeah, you're right. I mean, this we talked about the guile and the snide of this Chelsea team. Uh, they did everything they could to, uh, to put Mo Salah off. Lots of needle going around. Jorginho taking plenty of time. Words whispered in his ear as he walked past him. All this stuff. Um, and we, uh, yeah, we know about Mo Salah's technique, right? It, it's it's evolved from hitting it as hard as possible um, to actually now he does seem to wait. Now I think that's this is Mo's technique is he, he tries to wait until the last minute, hits it, hits it very firmly, uh, but picks his spot um, and use use a little bit more of his instep. So yeah, great penalty under pressure as you'd expect from the. You know, I I still call him I, I think the best forward in the league at the moment um, and. Yeah, I, I thought we were lucky to go in at halftime, you know, with that with that draw, um, based on the balance of the game and, and some of those chances, like you mentioned, Trev. I think Chelsea could have pulled away, uh, but um, yeah, I was I was relieved, and uh, yeah, the red card yeah presented us with that that opportunity to take. Um, but yeah, as as we'll talk about, we didn't we didn't take full advantage. Dave, just on the first half, anything you want to pick up on, please do. And uh, fair play, you've just posted there in the chat about how NBC showed several uh, replays of the 
the ju- well, I was calling it dubious corner. Apparently, it did go off Trent's trans foot. Mm. So fair play, like that's absolutely my bad. Then, <clears throat> um, in terms of that first half, is there anything you want to talk about in terms of stuff that was mentioned there or wasn't mentioned there, and the goal itself? Oh, I think we can just you know cycle back to Anthony Taylor, just an abomination of a performance. Absolutely no control of the game. You know, gives the red card. And the way he did the red card as well was just, he made it all about him. You know, he goes over, looks yeah. at the screen for seconds, <laughs> 25 seconds max, turns round, points to the spot, brandishes a red card in Reese James. It gives him no explanation. Like, he, he really owes it to the players to walk over and say, look, this is the rule. This is what you've done. It's the sweeping motion that I have to send you off for. I'm sorry, red card, off you go. Some That arrogant sweep of the red card towards the player is really, really bad form. And that sets everything off. And like you said, there's a bit of scuffling going on and lads are pushing and shoving and it's you know it's all very bitty. Nobody's going to do anything. Mo scores a brilliant penalty. Henderson goes to chase the ball. And he makes contact with Mendy. Mendy maybe clears and it hits Henderson. I don't know what happened. Mendy drove the ball straight into him. Uh, Yeah, you're right. Hendo was running for the rebound potential. And Mendy just blew the ball right through him uh, and hits Henderson. Yeah, Um, and then Henderson decides he's Billy Big Balls. Starts squaring up to everybody. Then Diogo Jota, who weighs about the same as an anorexic model, is able to push him away, Henderson doing that. You know, the, the thing you see in football matches, that hold me back type of nonsense. Like, oh, it's all fucking pantomime and, and garbage. Like, And again, Taylor's just completely lost, stood there looking at it like, oh, what am I going to do here? Like, get a hold of yourself. Get yeah. a hold of the game. That nope. game could have very easily spilled out of control. He had in no control in that. Yeah, in that in that key moment, he had no control on that. No. He had no authority. And later on in the second half, I don't know if it'll come up, but I just want to mention it now. Seeing as we are digging into Mangtony uh, um, Taylor, he was incessantly pointing at his watch, going, "Yeah, yeah, definitely, I'm going to add on, uh, add on time for this." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he adds three freaking minutes. Three minutes, the bare minimum that he's required like, to add, like. That that is that is just absolutely insane. Oh Christ, Harry's just posted that Klopp has said it's a hamstring injury. No, no, it's fine. We've got loads of depth. We've got Dan Kennett had a chart up. We've loads of depth. It's fine. Squad depth. Uh, <laughs> loads of players Klopp doesn't trust. You know, loads of bodies there. Look, doesn't matter about quality. Just as long as they're bodies, it's fine. And um, so we have loads of depth. We don't need to buy anybody. Yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm just leaving a little bit of silence after that because I wanted to hang in the air. Uh, we had, we have a second second half to talk. I'm about. sorry, Dan. We, we, <laughs> we have a second. You're getting cranky with me. It's a late you're challenge. On, you're yeah. on a roll. I'm here. cranky with everybody. Henderson annoyed me that much today. I know, annoyed me, so, I know, you know, it is what it is. Consider consider yourself air hugged from here. Uh, Forty five minutes uh, substitutes uh, on a start of the second half. Silva and Kovacic is what um, Tommy Tuchel decides to do. Tommy left ear Tuchel decides to bring on Silva and Kovacic <laughs> for Kante uh, and Havertz. He really shouldn't wear the baseball cap, should he? he really like should. it accentuates the ear. <laughs> accentuates it beautifully it's just like one of those ears that you throw out to a dog pig's ear that you throw out to a dog to chew on um harvey is buzzing around i love the start of this second half 
Harvey Elliott was buzzing around with what you can only call toddler energy. I remember before my kid was born, um, I was going to meet someone in uh, Marion Square, uh, the college there. And there's a little kind of, there's a little sort of a, a, a park. And I was sitting waiting for my pal to show up. And there were all these two-year-olds running around. And I hadn't a clue about children or anything or fatherhood. And I was watching these children. And they had this boundless, endless energy. They were just literally buzzing around the place they'd fall over get up and run around again i was going wow imagine i have that much energy bear in mind i'm 22 at the time you know <laughs> i had some energy but these were so impressive harvey elliott has that toddler energy at the start of the second half he's flying around the place i love the uh let's use a boring word competence of his touch and passing he is way beyond his years in terms of that. He can kill a ball. He knows how to cushion a pass. He knows how to make sure that he pings it into feet. Yes, he may be a bit one-footed, but God damn it, he's got more ability and more about him um, in terms of presence than, you know, Anthony Taylor does at 40-something. Um, there's a, there's a, 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 Trent Alexander gets absolutely creamed down in the corner and Mo Salah gets penalised for it. Amazing. Amazing, Anthony Taylor. Oh, great shenanigans. Oh, great. 50 minutes. Uh, there's a Jada header narrowly over from a great, absolutely glorious Mo Salah outside the foot pass. The, the, the penalty and a couple of moments like that saved me from throwing Mo into the less than impressive uh, big basket of lads that we had on the day. There was another chance on 51 when we're really ramping this up. Virgil has a shot from about 40 yards saved right down in the corner by Mendy. Uh, Trent blasted in a great cross from the right after that ball sort of spills to him. Ali has to punch out a dangerous cross by them and then claim a follow-up on 54. So we were reminded that 10 men or not, they could get in behind us on 58. And this is the good period for us. There's a Trent through ball to Mo Salah leads to a corner. 59, the ball comes out to Henderson. He curls one narrowly wide of the top corner and actually gets a, a little um, touch off Lukaku. It probably would have been on target otherwise, which um, and, and looked very familiar and very similar to that um, tremendous goal that he'd scored against Chelsea before. It went down for a corner. Um, Fabinho has a long ranger saved. Robbo has a shot stopped. Um, we're absolutely flying at this point, Harry, like flying. Um and then, you know, just as we're flying, Lukaku has an opportunity. It's a half volley that Joel Matip does brilliantly to block. But we've let them in too easily. Um, it was, it was, it, you couldn't relax. And honestly, I think that Lukaku effort from there, where we got a bit rattled and our tails, which had been up, were firmly down again. We don't do bugger all between then and the end of the game to be honest with you I don't think there's even a, a chance I don't think there's another chance between that and the end of the game so our good period for the match really where we were dominant and creating stuff was in that opening period of the second half would you agree with that yeah completely no I thought we kind of we came out with the right at, uh, the right attitude the right intensity to as you mentioned a couple of players they probably did did emerge from today with with a lot of credit, Harvey Elliott being one of them. Yeah, it's just, it's wonderful to see 
just how much he backs himself. His technique is 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 excellent. Um, puts some others to shame in terms of sort of just how confident he is um, with his touch, the control, the weight of his passing, um, sort of his intelligence of where players are going to be. Um, and, and I think you can you can always tell that as well from the way in which there are certain players in the squad who I feel like you always need to. And it's not not just this squad, but you know, previous Liverpool squads as well who. For them to play with you and to want to combine with you, you know that as a fan, these players have to, the, the big ones have to sort of respect you on a certain level. And I think you could you could see from the way in which Salah was certainly dovetailing with Harvey um, at will, um, you could tell that there was that sort of trust there that, okay, this player does have the technique that, and the intelligence that I can play with him. He'll see where I'm see where I'm moving into, into the space, he'll find me again. Um, and that doesn't always happen you know, when players come into the team. If a perfect example is is Divock. You know, that's, that's an example of where the tr- the trust has now gone um, in terms of players playing with him, for example. But you're right, that, that was the period. We, we, we tried to ratchet up the intensity. Having said that, a lot of our chances were long-range efforts. That's fine if, if you've got players sort of um, maybe a bit more alive to the rebounds. But I thought Mendy... Uh, his handling was pretty good. None of the shots were really in the corner to to to, to make him stretch, um, or perhaps you know, compromise the way in which he was going to saving it. And um, just like you've said many times, Trevor, one of the things we love about Allison is his ability to save it uh, and keep it safe in terms of holding on to it or you know pushing it to a side. And yeah. I thought Mendy did that really with all the shots that were there. Um, the Henderson one probably is the only one where. If it's on target, maybe he's in a bit of trouble. But actually, having seen the replay, it looked like he'd somehow managed to fling himself um, to the area that it was potentially nice. going to nestle he's in. sailing through the air, smiling at that ball. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a big guy. I forget exactly how yeah. how, how, how tall he's, he is. He's six five. Wow. Yeah. He's incredibly incredibly athletic. Like mm. he's a very bouncy goalkeeper. Yeah. You know, exactly. you see him at corners and stuff, and he doesn't so much like walk or, or run he just bounces around the place he's, yeah it takes corners very well actually yeah yeah um, very very dominant yeah and considering our, our major tactical plans seem to be crossing in, in different variations <laughs> let's face it um uh yeah that was that was meat and drink for mendy to be honest so it was disappointing trev because yeah you're right it was almost as though that lukaku opportunity that was well defended in the end by us um uh yeah maybe that maybe that, that did rattle us and then i thought you saw the likes of Jorginho really sort of come into his own in that final sort of stretch of the game where knew exactly how to break up the rhythm, could sense that the that the team were getting frustrated, the referee was doing what he wanted in terms of how he's refereeing the game, the crowd again a little bit anxious, a little bit, you know, that they know it's 10 men, we should be doing better than this. Um, and yeah, it's, as we said, it's almost in their DNA. They know how to play that, that type of game. Um, and uh, yeah, it was um, it was disappointing that we couldn't, capitalize in that period where we were sort of putting them under under pressure um and actually if i was to pick one chance out it'd be that that salah cross that you mentioned where you could almost see tiago silva thinking he had everything covered um the outside of the foot boot um across to jota that's the sort of ingenuity um albeit across that we sort of needed a bit more of yeah you know what i'm just gonna take one second here um as a tribute to the um, glorious efforts of Mankton Taylor today uh, and echo the words of his no doubt pal, Gary Neville. Uh, this has got nothing to do with our match, but I, I can't pass this. It's on, It's it's just come across my Twitter timeline uh, from Sky Sports News. Mm. Quotes from Neville, direct quotes, talking about the Ronaldo signing. Um, 
the whole place will be electric for a few months. He says also, the Glazers have done what they always do when they get put under pressure, go and make two or three signings. So I guess the Super League, that was bad, but spending millions on a 36-year-old, good. Mm. Yeah. Huh. Fair play. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, see, fair see, play. the thing is, when Gary Neville could, could lose his job because the Premier League's no longer... Uh, a viable thing for Sky and all the money they've pumped into it would mean they'd have and weren't getting back and advertising would mean they'd have to make some cuts. Gary Neville earns a lot of money from Sky uh, and he could have a problem there. Um, you see, the, the, the issue with the Super League as well is if if Liverpool and the big clubs left, the Premier League isn't you know such a rich place to be. And Gary Neville obviously owns Salford, who he's financially doping up through the divisions. And if they got into the Premier League and it wasn't the, the big league, well, then his club's not worth as much and he can't sell it for as much money. So those things are bad, you see. But the good guys won, Trevor. What you need to understand is that Sky and BT and Gary Neville, they care about us. They care about the fans. That's why they charge you 150 quid a month or whatever the fuck it is for, for their services. Uh, but, you know... To take the money from the fans who are overcharged for the price of entrance into grounds, especially ground in Old Trafford, there's a big fucking hole in the, in the roof that pours rain through on top of unsuspecting idiots who've paid for the seats below. This is all fine so that you can spend 20 million, probably 20 million to the agent, probably 20 million to Cristiano himself, and on top of that, then 500 grand a week which is 26 million a year, 52 million over two years. So all told, we're looking at around about 112 million invested in a 36-year-old fella who's well past his best, well, well past his best, doesn't offer anything other than scoring tap-ins and penalties. And um, that's all fine because you see, now Gary gets to watch his team with the guy that he believes, and like all the other freaks that support United, loves them all and only really went on loan to Real Madrid and Juventus 12 years ago, having only spent six years with United, that the 12 years was actually a loan, a bit like a, a career break. You know, if you're in the civil service or, or you as a teacher, you might take a career break from your job uh, to go and do something else. So what, what's actually happened here is Cristiano took a career break from playing for Manchester United the, the club of his dreams, you know, this boyhood club born around the corner in the academy since four years of age. Might actually be Ferguson's love child, all these things. And it's fine to pay him £112 million over two years now because, you know, that's Gary Neville logic. There's potentially some legal costs uh, probably in, in, the, in the next few years as well. But we, yeah, again, that's, what about the cost that's for a different point. Not being able to go on tour to America each uh, summer now for the next couple of years. Yeah, that, 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 that's probably for a different pod, but, 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 but very valid. And, and Trev, you're making the mistake I've made before. I've told you about this on Twitter. Nuance doesn't get numbers, Trev. Nuance does not get numbers. It's a wonderful phrase that you've coined, and I, I echo it uh, heartily. Controversy right. creates cash. Look at that! That's that's good. That's a that's a nice counter. I, nice I will counter. say I, I stole that from Eric Bischoff. Uh, Mo Castro <laughs> will know who that is. Not that's a great shout. Yeah. But look, Excellent. you know, Neville's a hypocrite. He's always been a hypocrite, and we shouldn't listen to anything he has to say. Um, what we should look at, though, is we should look at Mo Salah for a moment because all the talk of Cristiano coming back and, you know, what a great player he is. Maybe he's the greatest player ever. Over the last five seasons, Lee 
goals and assists over the last five seasons. So a fairly nice, big, round, you know, sample size. Cristiano Ronaldo, 118 goals and assists in the last five years. Absolutely tremendous. Congrats to him. Harry Kane with 108. Lukaku with 84. Uh, Mo Salah with 118. Uh, so Mo Salah's been better. Um, now, if you, that's, that's without penalties, of course. Cristiano's actually scored 45 penalties in the last... Or he's taken 45 penalties in the last five years, which is a fucking ferocious amount. Uh, scored 36. So he's actually missed nine penalties, which seems like a lot. You know, I wouldn't imagine that James Milner, as an example, has missed nine penalties in his career. Uh, Salah has scored 14 or 15 in that period of time as well. Um, so, yeah, Mo has outperformed him over the last. So don't let, look, don't let the circus of Cristiano returning and how Sky are going to pump it up like it's great for the league. It's not great for the league. He's just another player at this point. Mo Salah is the star of the show. Mo Salah is the reason that people want to watch Premier League football right now. He's the best attacking player in the league. Harry is right. Him, De Bruyne and Virgil are the best attacker, midfielder and defender in the league. They're the guys that should be held up. Not some fucking washed 36-year-old going to come back, score a couple of tap-ins and get in the way of the young players at United. If you remember, it's only last Monday Gary Neville, the great Gary Neville, you know, beacon of all things honest, was on Sky saying United are doing things a different way. They're building now. They're building something, but they should go and spend $150 million on Harry Kane. Well, the build is out the window. You've just bought a 36-year-old. Win now or Ollie's gone. Well, well, <clears throat> you know what? That is the mother and father of all tangents, and I am completely <laughs> responsible for it. Uh, I'm going to fly through the remaining things of the match, and then I'm is going. The game's to still go... going on. <laughs> is the game still going on, Dave? And I'm going to go to Harry uh, to comment on anything at all that in that period or overall that you want to do as a sum up and get your plugs, and then I'll do the same with you, Dave. So. From that Lukaku effort we spoke about on 63, there was a half-decent robo ball into the box towards Mo Salah, so I, I was lying. Um, nice bits from Harvey and Virgil, nice, nice bit of disdain on Virgil's face looking at um, uh, opposition players, which I always like. We bring on at 73 minutes Thiago, as Dave alluded to, right back to start the show. A little bit late to be making... Um, any massive changes, but I can understand that we did look like we had our tails up uh, for a good chunk of that opening part of the second half, so I guess swings and roundabouts. Uh, Kovacic has an attempt saved by Alisson. Uh, there's a lovely break which leads to the tamest right-footed Mo Salah shot ever on 84 minutes. We bring on Simicus for reasons on 85 minutes for Robbo. Uh, they bring on um, Big Trev Chalaba for Jorginho on 86, 87 minutes. There's a Trent cross into Sadio, but he can't get near to it or get a shot of no away. Uh, Mendy has to tip over from Jota, to be fair. Um, that leads to another corner before the end of the game. And there are three minutes added. Uh, the the We've pretty much talked about everything of note, I think, um, in terms of the main uh, moments of the game but Harry there may be some sort of overall observations or some specific thing that I've left out which is always likely uh, that you want to mention please do so and then segue that into what people can uh, look forward to 
from the Sethi fount um, for the week to come. Yeah, the, the, there really wasn't that much, like you mentioned, Trevor. There, 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 there are a few chances. Yeah, Mo Salah's right foot, we wish it was um, as good as Sadio's left foot can sometimes be, as, as we've seen in the past. Um, it wasn't on that occasion. Um, we've seen Mo's right foot be good, actually, in the past. But um, yeah, it was a little bit tame there. Um, yeah, I, I just echo what Dave was saying around, um, you know, we should, we should take comfort in the fact that um, I thought I thought Thiago looked good when he came on. Definitely better than his 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 last cameo for us, um, keeping the ball ticking nicely. Maybe not some of the incision that we've seen when he's at his his sharpest, but you know, keeping things ticking along nicely. It's good that we're getting him back to to full fitness. Uh, and yeah, he won't be going away either over the, the international break as well. So even more work that we can do with him, which is great. Fabinho as well, back in the team and um, showing us what he can do. Perhaps again, not his best performance, but we know how important he is to the team as well. And, and, and Van Dyke, I, th- I think like you were, I, I posted something in the chat just around, um, in the end, he didn't, we didn't actually get what what I wanted, to be honest, which was the the Van Dyke-Lukaku um, battle, um, if you will, because Lukaku just quickly took a look and um, decided to go on to Joel. Um, and then Joel figured him out on about sort of 60, 70 minutes. Um, and yeah, it was, it was fairly calm throughout the rest of it. But yeah, it's it's a delight to see him back, um, and as as he gets sharper and sharper, we're going to get better uh, and better. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to cling on to those positives really. There's a number of players there. I'm, I'm liking the positions that Trent is picking up in games, and I think they'll it will pay off for us um, over the long run. Uh, and and Harvey Elliott, I think it, I think we should pretty simple thing to to focus on. But uh, yeah, for an 18 year old um, of his size um, to to actually um, take the game by the scruff of the neck in, in the way in which he did um, uh, a game like this against a side as formidable as Chelsea. I think that's really encouraging um, for us. And it just made me think about some of the other youngsters who, who can potentially come in as well, which is Curtis Jones, who I'm looking forward to seeing how he he develops. Having said that, I, I, I won't be you know all super positive. I think you know, Bobby's injury you know points to the need that even if he wasn't injured, to be honest, I think it, it, you could tell from today's game, ah, there's... There's perhaps an attacking option that we're lacking uh, that could be quite nice. Yes, there were options on the bench. The bench looked good. But in that sort of forward options, striking options or a different kind of forward option to change things up or even a midfielder uh, to change things up, um, yeah, you did sort of sense the need for something there a little bit. Um, but end of the day, if it, yeah, we're on Raw, so we're always going to be locked into the emotion and the context of the game. But... Yeah, a 1-1 uh, on paper. If you knew nothing about this game early in the season, that's absolutely fine. Obviously, keeps us um, keeps us in there um, with everybody. Uh, we're setting a nice pace as we sort of gradually get sharper and sharper. So, yeah, we're, 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 we are very much amongst it this season. Uh, I'm, I'm still very bullish about our chances um, and uh, just thoroughly enjoying everybody writing us off, Trev. Yeah, absolutely. And as for what you've got yes. coming up for the week, mate, I've got yeah. There'll be another rival recon ahead of the Leeds game, uh, which again some bizarre international break that we got now. Um, so yeah, it'll be a little bit of time uh, for that. But yeah, I'll be um, there'll be another rival recon for uh, ahead of the Leeds game, which will hopefully be a very different type of game. To be honest, um, probably probably a bit a few more goals involved. Um, but yeah, look forward to that over the next sort of ten days or so. A hundred percent. Everybody loves to hear about a bullish Harry Sethi. That's good news for all. I think um, I always enjoy optimism 
from my uh, from my pals here it always boosts me a lot and let's be honest it is always difficult to break down you know the couple of banks of 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 defending players that Chelsea put in front of us today uh plus it's very difficult to break down Chelsea plus Anthony Taylor. That is always going to be a, a, a hard task for anyone. And maybe we can console ourselves a little bit with that. Dave, yourself, any last minute thoughts, insight, um, observations? And do please let us know what you've got coming up for the week. Uh, no, just that I think Chelsea did themselves massive credit today. I thought defensively they were absolutely brilliant um, the whole way through with, with both. 10 men and, and with 11 in the first half. Um, Tuchel's a, an excellent coach and, you know, we, we often talk about who will replace Klopp and Chelsea will probably change manager four different times by the time Klopp leaves Liverpool. So hopefully Thomas Tuchel could be available. He'd be a, a very good addition when Klopp goes because he can get the best of the players the way Jürgen can. Um, no, just frustrated. I mean, like, like, like you and Harry said, before the game, you, you'd have taken 1-1. With, with no knowledge of what happened, you'd have taken one one. But the game, the performance, how it played out, the lack of inventiveness, the lack of trying something different—you know—it was just the same thing over and over and over again. And even in the spell where we we did have, you know, a, a bit of a period of dominance as they settled in second half with that flat back five, and then Mount Kovacic and and Jorginho in front. We didn't really create anything, you know. We we a couple of half chances, nothing, nothing of real note. All of our big chances came in the first half: the Henderson fluff, Matip's header off the bar, and and then the penalty. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how Joel didn't score from there, but it it didn't matter because we scored from the penalty that it, it resulted in. But you know, all things considered, look, it's a, it's a point. It is two points dropped in in the frame of the game, but it is a point that we would have taken beforehand. Hopefully, Klopp. When he rewatches that game, just looks at his midfield and thinks, what the fuck was I thinking there? Um, and addresses it. He's now got three days to go and sort out the deficiencies in the squad. And for all the people saying, oh, you know, if Bobby's out, we need another attacker and all that. The reason our attack didn't function today is because our midfield was all over the place. Simple as, sort your midfield out, sort the attack, get one in an attack, one in midfield will be fine. We'll win the league. As it is, we should still be there or thereabouts, but you know, it's very early. We'll wait and see. Um, as for me, two-footed pod every day, 4 p.m. Unlike Harry, I don't get a week off because there's no game. So there'll be uh, there'll be <laughs> scouted and all sorts of stuff as well. There'll probably be an old school during the week as well. Just me giving out to gags for whatever the fuck comes up. Well, hopefully, the transfer day. Uh, there's there's, uh, pro no, plus there's as well. no optimism here, if you, if you hadn't noticed. Um, <laughs> there's no optimism here. Around around what though? Let, let's oh, clarify. Life in general, try. life in general, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just around that game, just around that performance. Like it is, it's very much one to forget and move on. Like Har- like you said, Harvey played well. Um, there was a you know the, the two boys at the back did play really well, uh, and Trent was really good as well. But you know, Robbo was fucking desperate. Mane was really really bad, and. And you look at Sadio and you just think, like, did you not leave this shit behind last season? Is this what you now are? Because if it is, mm. we can kiss goodbye any hope of winning anything. If he's going to be like that for the season, which is what he was last year, we, we're not winning the league with just Salah 
carrying us again, like like he did last season. We're not winning the league like that. Even if Jota's really good, we're, we're not going to win the league unless Mane is the Mane of two, three years ago. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely worry and uh, far greater worry has been put into my brain now by you with the idea of uh, left ear um, as Kloppo's eventual replacement. Jesus H Christ! I mean, he, you know he's banning you from Anfield the first day he takes over. Mate, there he's, he's going to have heard of you. He's going to say that the Downey fella gone. There isn't enough property, and in, in, there there isn't a property in Anfield with a big enough crawl space for left ear. I'll tell you that right now. What's the bid on the new uh, the new Annie Road end for? <laughs> nice, nice, nice big basement in it. A Tommy bunker. Yeah, literally. <laughs> a lab for him to perform his experiments on people. Well, listen, if you haven't seen um, the end of the first half, folks. Let me wrap the show up by pointing you in the direction of Tommy Left Ear Tuchel doing an Eminem impression to extend the uh, the me- musical metaphors and, and, and comparisons. It's amazing. He's talking to to the fourth official, and he is basically having a rap battle with him. I, it's it's a remarkable thing to watch. I, I'd say if you search Tommy Tuchel rap battle, you'll see it immediately. That's just my guess. Uh, we should wrap it up. It's a, we've gone long. Um, alert the affiliates we've gone long Uh, but you know what it was worth it it's a good chat and it's nice to look back in the game and it's brilliant to have Harry back in the saddle again so from me from Harry Sethi and from Dave Hendrick we'll talk to you soon and do in these times of incredible tension try to be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index. And find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.